0: If you don't understand how the game of psychology works, you're gonna start second guessing yourself and thinking that it's you who are crazy. Out of the ashes, you will rise. If you feel sad, lost, depressed, finances are in the gutter, social life, you're lonely. Out of the ashes, you will rise. Here in my garage, invest in yourself, always be curious, don't be a cynic sleeping on a couch in a mobile home with only $47 in my bank account. When everything's burnt to the ground, when you're sad, lost, and depressed, and everything's at rock bottom, you get to rebuild the exact and precise way you want the damn thing rebuilt. Health, wealth, love, happiness, each of these four goals. In case you missed the last episode, make sure you go back and check it out. Here's what went down. Go to the pool and there's dudes in Speedos with a huge gut, just walking around thinking they're God's gift to women. Coming up today, better to know than fool yourself, man. Delusion is not happiness. After traveling around the world, I'm convinced of one thing. About 70% of people you run into have serious, psychological problems. I got science to back that up and my own experience, and you probably have it too, and it's important that you know that for one thing. Listen to me on this. If you don't understand how the game of psychology works, you're gonna start second-guessing yourself and thinking that it's you who are crazy. And maybe you are crazy, maybe I am crazy. i I'd be the first to admit it on some things that I am, but this is probably the most misunderstood conversation in the world that I'm having with you. For example, you want to make a lot of money? Guess what? You make money in an economy from other people. That's how the economy works. You don't just magically print your own money unless you're gonna counterfeit then you can't spend it. So you have to understand how people think, whether it be marketing your product, whether it be marketing your service, if you're an actor, if you're a musician, you have to understand it. And the second you understand that most people are crazy. Now, if you go on a classic textbook, they're gonna say there's three main categories of crazy. There's different ways of categorizing, because I post this on my Instagram, Some people say, Ty, what do you mean by crazy? What? Well, there's different ways to categorize it. You could use the dark triad, which has narcissism, Machiavellian, and psychotic. Narcissism are people who are, can't see things from any other person's perspective. They're only obsessed with themselves. You probably run into somebody like that. Machiavellian is somebody who's tricky and lies. Psychotic is somebody with no empathy, somebody who could kill you and probably wouldn't care. That's psychotic. Now, there's another way to, that psychologists, different psychologists, classify crazy that you got to know. They call it weird and overly eccentric. We all know somebody. They're just a little weird, man. They just, and somebody say, well, Ty, what is weird? Like maybe they're just like Albert Einstein was weird. Well, I'm not talking about Albert Einstein's. I'm not talking about super geniuses that are... so I've met Elon Musk and had interesting conversations. He's a tad bit eccentric, but he's a genius. So it's like a healthy one. That's not what I'm talking about. We know what weird is. The, you, if you've been around... Go to a high school nowadays. You know? Like, look on people's Instagram. You see some weird people. Go, go to, like, some music con- festivals or concert. You just see some people. And there's nothing wrong with being weird. But I'm telling you, if you're too weird... It's an issue. It's kind of like um, having a little fat on your body. A little fat on your body is okay. Like you need a little fat. That's why the body deposits fat because you might need it one day when you don't have enough food. It's a storage mechanism. But if you're too fat, it becomes a problem. Same with eccentric or weird. So you have eccentric and weird, and then you have people who are overly sensitive. Everything you say, you know, they they get butt hurt and they start to weep and they, that's that's a problem. Then you have overly dramatic people is another classic psychological um, category of people. When you're overly dramatic, we all know that person that turns everything, every mouth, every a into a mountain. So I guess why I'm saying this, why I'm recording this, today I'm just dealing with some stuff and I'm just like, ah, uh, somebody said, Ty, you remind me of great Gatsby. You live in these big houses and you throw parties. And sometimes I'm like, I never thought of it that way, but uh, I see what you're talking about. Because Greg Gatsby always felt a little bit alone. And um, it's easy to feel that way in this world. We live in a world, I live in Los Angeles. There's 12, 14 million people in the surrounding area. But you can get lonely here. And the whole point of knowing that most people are crazy is you got to be able to find the stable people. See, it's not about being conventional. I'm not conventional. and And by the way, I'm not saying I'm not one of the crazy people. Maybe I'm just a crazy person that can categorize myself right into these two. I'm not even judging people. I'm not even gonna, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not gonna say why they are, why they are, but I'm gonna tell you the kind of people that I've found to be the most dangerous. I'll tell you my opinion, because I have my own category. I told you the Machiavellian, the narcissism, you know, there's the hexaco traits, there's the big five traits, there's neuroticism and conscientiousness and agreeableness. Those are all the classic ones. Let me tell you from my amateur opinion, I created my own system that I look for. The three things that are gonna mess people up in life, mess you up if you're around it too much because it rubs off on you, number one, pride. Number two, stubbornness. Number three, overly sensitive. Those are the three things that if I have them in my life, if you have them in my in your life or if you're around people who have them, you gotta root it out because it stops you from getting everything you want. And also all three of those, the punishment for keeping those three in your life is you'll always be around those type of people. Now, let me explain. This is why most people are broke, in my experience. One of those three things, or two of those three things, or they have all three. Every time I look back on my life and I'm like, well, that's what I messed up on, it's usually one of those. Overly proud people. You'll know you're overly proud or somebody around you is overly proud in one simple way, easily offended. So this is somewhat related to narcissism. They're different, but similar. Pride, where you go, I'm important, who are you? to speak into my life. It's kind of like if somebody goes to a personal trainer, they want to get in shape and the personal trainer goes, ooh, we got to work on your abs. The proud person's like, well, who are you to judge me? My abs are, well, you went to a trainer, listen. How do you think you get better abs? You listen to somebody that says, "Mm, no. And we live in a world now where it's very hard, very hard because they're proud. They're taking it personally. now. The proud person, exp- if you notice, all three of these are somewhat related. The proud person expresses it in a different way. The proud person gets angry. They express their selfishness, their psychological issues in that anger. The second is stubborn. These are the trickiest because they come off as the nicest people. And in my experience, the nicest people usually are very stubborn. Or if a nice person you meet who you think is totally normal, then all of a sudden you realize this person isn't normal. It's probably stubbornness. So a stubborn person hears you, listens very respectfully. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but won't adjust anything. There could be a fire in their house and you run in and you wake them up and you say, you know, run out, get out of here. The proud person gets offended. Uh, Who are you to wake me up? This is my house. That's what the proud person does. So they burn to death. The stubborn person goes, oh, really? There's a fire? Thank you. That is so, they're nice to you, your face. I appreciate that advice. But then they're so set in their ways, that wasn't in their plan to leave their house that day. They can't adapt, so they burn to death. The third is overly sensitive. You run in and yell, get out, the house is on fire. And that overly sensitive person starts to cry. Why are you yelling at me? I can't handle it, why? And they burn to death too. And that's what happens to people's hopes and dreams. My hopes and dreams, yours, if you're not careful. Psychological issues, whether they be pride, stubbornness, overly increase in your sensitivity factor, that's what I call it, kind of call it, in my office. Sometimes we'll hire people, my employees, and they have this high sensitivity factor. You know, everything you say, you have to have long sentences with them. Okay, well, that was a pretty good job you did on it. It doesn't quite work for you. You spend 15 minutes trying to just say what you could have said one blunt way. Hey, that's not what I was looking for. Can you fix it? You know, it's, and I'm not the best at that. My gentleness factor is not the highest. I'm just kind of like, eh, hey, let's just get this over with. Let's pull the band-aid off quickly. So watch for that in people. Think for a second, your family. Try to classify. Remember, nobody's perfect. Everybody will have, One of these generally are worse than the other. Like for me, probably pride, maybe my biggest one. Stubbornness, um, yes and no. Some ways I'm very stubborn, but I tend to listen. I read, I learn, I adapt my life. It's not my weakest. You got to be honest with yourself. Sensitivity, it depends. On some things, I'm overly sensitive. On some things, I'm pretty thick-skinned. So I would say pride my number one thing to watch out for. Number two would be sensitivity. And number three would be stubbornness. But your order is going to be different. And when you think about surrounding yourself with people, I have this rule. It's called the 20% weird factor. Everybody's allowed to be a little weird. Okay? It's kind of like my mentor, uh, Alan Nation, used to say, Ty, you could be a nudist, and it's not too weird. And you could be a Buddhist, and it's not too weird. But you can't be a nudist Buddhist. The nudist Buddhist principle says, you start stacking psychological tweak or, or you know psychological twists on top of psychological twists and all of a sudden no one wants to be around you and the people you will be stuck with are only the people that no one else wants to be with. So that's the danger. Sometimes people go, Ty, I don't have any problems. I got lots of friends. I'm like, yeah, but do you have quality friends? For example, overly proud, overly stubborn, overly sensitive people won't always have your back. When the crisis comes, they run or they protect themselves. The proud person always thinks about themselves. The sensitive person is so butthurt, they can't have your back. The stubborn person wants to help you, but it's not in their original plan and they can't change plans. So that's the punishment for not changing this. So what do you do? Here what would I find. The first step in all this stuff is massive awareness. If you're in my 67 Steps program, you will learn how the 67 Steps, the first and most important principle is massive awareness. The second you realize and are willing to admit it, just like Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to admit what's one of the first steps in any of those AA or 12-step programs. You have to admit you have a problem. So once you admit it, you'd be amazed at how that fixes 50% of your issues. So if you have someone around you, just if they will admit it, or if it's you that's the problem, if you will just admit it, literally 50% of the problem will go away. Secondly, sometimes you need a professional. Will Durant, the Pulitzer Prize uh, author and one of the, I think, the smartest person I've ever read, probably the smartest man and his wife, uh, Ariel, smartest couple, I think, in the story of human civilization. But that's up for, you know, that's my subjective opinion. He says, woe to the man who teaches others faster than they can learn. So sometimes when you try to change other people, it just becomes, woe to you, it just becomes a painful ordeal of people not listening. So sometimes you gotta get professionals. Someone got a broken leg, sometimes you gotta get a professional fix it. Sometimes your kids fall at home, you can put a Band-Aid on, and sometimes you gotta take them to get stitches. And so don't be afraid, it's hard to confront people, but the easiest person is to start with yourself. I don't know why more people don't go to therapists. I've gone to therapists at different times, I probably should go more, but it's kinda like a personal trainer. I mean, a personal trainer, people have personal trainers. And they go to them and no one argues. No one goes, oh, why? Every celebrity trying to get into shape for a movie here in Hollywood. I know a lot of these top trainers. These guys are training Zac Efron. They're training, you know, for the Matrix movies. They train them. They're training Tom Cruise. They're training everybody you can name. Jean-Claude Van Damme got, had trainers way back in the day. Arnold had it. Now you got The Rock. These people got trainers. You know, they got tra- have trainers. But when it comes to the brain and mental issues, people are just like, no, I'm good, I can do it on my own. Well, my experience working out in a gym with a trainer, I always get in better shape. There's not one time in my life I've gotten in better shape on my own versus a trainer. I've done the split test, Uh, the results are in. An objective outside source will help you a lot, so might as well try it. Can't hurt people, say, I don't wanna spend the money. Well, it's ahead time they got these government programs, you can get stuff for free or you get what you pay for. You know, some people will gladly buy junk food, gladly buy coffee, but they won't invest in their own brain. So that's my number two thing. Number three, time. Time reveals all. Be careful of being into new friendships, new business partnerships, new employee relationships, new dating, marriage, whatever it is. Man, time tells you who's the crazy ones. Everybody's normal when you first meet them. Uh, But, you know, time is like this magnifying glass. Time is like this flashlight. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden you're like, well, that business partner that I was about to trust with all my money, that investor I was about to take money from, I find out they're a little crazy. They're a little narcissistic. They're a little Machiavellian. They're a little psychotic. They're a little dramatic. They're a little erratic. They're a little eccentric. They're a little proud. They're a little stubborn. They're a little overly sensitive. And if it's just a little, you're good. But remember, they're cumulative. So I always think of on a one to 10 scale, you want stuff that's down in the threes and fours. That's pretty much how I look at it. One to 10 of stubbornness, it's okay to be stubborn sometimes. It'll help you persevere. You want people who are like a one to 10, 10 being super stubborn, one being not stubborn at all. You want those fours. And then when it comes to pride, you need a little pride. Pride is a, if you ask an evolutionary psychologist, it's, a, it's functional. That When a scientist says it's functional, it means it serves a healthy purpose. You know, some pride gets you out of bed in the morning because you want to do well. You don't want to be embarrassed. Some pride makes you go in the gym because you don't want to look out of shape. Things like that. So there's functional pride. One to ten, you can be a four, maybe a five. Pride scientifically is correlated with some positive things like creativity so some narcissism has been correlated with healthy traits that will actually help you succeed so on a one to ten with narcissism aka pride it's okay to maybe be a five or a six not a seven eight nine ten that's where you get into trouble and then lastly on the oversensitivity this one's tricky because in the modern world if you're overly sensitive in a world of social media comments and your life being on camera, even if you're not like me and you're not doing social media as much, trust me, somebody's snapping you, someone's videotaping you, you probably have, I mean, you obviously have some kind of social media you're watching, everybody's watching YouTube. It's, if you're an overly sensitive person, it's gonna be a hard life because never before, has it been like now where people can truly (laughs) get behind the scenes and point out your weaknesses in a way that's not constructive, you know what I'm saying? So what I like to do, I'm like, listen, let me find that nice balance of overly sensitivity because some sensitivity is needed. Once again, it's functional. By functional, again, evolutionary psychologists or psychologists would say functional means it has a purpose so what's the purpose of sensitivity? Well, it's an alarm mechanism. When you're sensitive, you can find people before they steal money from you, before they cheat on you, before they lie and betray you and talk behind your back. If you feel alarms going off in your gut feeling, that's often a trait of sensitivity. The problem is, so sensitivity is what scientists call vigilance. So we have emotional vigilance. We have, And you need some of that because we know there's a lot of bad people in the world. You know, there's a lot of hardcore bad people. So so if you had, there's actually a uh, disease or a part of the brain, I forget what it's called, but it makes people have these, I think one out of 10,000 or one out of 100,000 people have it. And they have too much oxytocin. And what oxytocin does is it makes you feel connected to people. So they actually walk up to end every stranger. They believe anything somebody says. They actually say dogs have this gene. It's like a protein or something. I forget how it is in the DNA, but... It's an actual biological mutation, and dogs have it. That's why they're more friendly than wolves. I just read that in National Geographic a few days ago. So with humans, you're gonna have some people that have no sensitivity, right? They roll with anything, and that's not necessarily good. So you wouldn't want to be a one on, in terms of being overly sensitive. You need some sensitivity. But there's many people who are 10s. And when you're a 10, you just walk through this modern world offended. I mean, Twitter. I sometimes I go on Twitter and sometimes I don't And just like I post on my Twitter But sometimes I read And it's just one person offended at this And then they're offended at that I'm like how are you going to make it through life? What will you do? <laughs> there is no hope Life going to get harder and harder and harder for you man Or woman So you want to be like a four Maybe a five So I hope this helps you Remember what I said on those three steps Be honest with yourself Just admit what you got. You are what you are. And number two, sometimes get a pro to help you. There's no shame in that. No shame. Approach this balance. You can get some level of balance. You can moderate some of it on your own. It's not so bad. It isn't. But whenever you're hiring, whenever you're firing, whenever you're looking for a job, whenever you're assessing people, remember that third one. Not only do you need to be aware of things like pride stubbornness and overly sensitive and oversensitivity but you also have to let time take its course because people are extremely skilled subconsciously at fooling us so be careful be careful of making a quick judgment either positive or negative i mean it's easier to make a negative judgment sometimes if somebody's insanely proud, insanely, centered. you only need a week with them or an hour with them or a minute with them. But when you decide someone's great, those are the ones who surprise you. You need time. I read, I forget where I read that it said you need approximately 12 months of knowing somebody to see the truth. I think it was something, I it might have been in David Buss's evolutionary psychology book, but basically it's hard to hide over twelve months, and you know, everybody can be nice for an hour, a week, a month, but twelve months, boy, the truth starts coming out. That's why I learned a long time ago the Amish were nice people. I lived with them for two and a half years. They were genuinely nice. Joel Salatin, my first mentor, genuinely nice. I was there for almost two years. So, time is your friend. It's also your enemy because it's gonna make you sad sometimes. But it's better to know. Better to know than fool yourself, man. Delusion is not happiness. Sigmund Freud. Listed out about eight ways in his book, Civilization and His Discontents, that we find happiness. And he said one of the worst is through delusion. He listed things like art and beauty and love and, you know, meditation or or retreat from society. He mentioned things like chemicals (laughs) that we use, whether it be, you know, drugs, alcohol, and things we use. Even to this day, he wrote this over a century ago. He said he brought up religion. He brought up... uh, intellectualism, reading, and things like this, and family. But delusion is a big one, and this world's delusional. And I think when I started by saying 70% of this world has psychological issues, what I really should have been more specific to say is 70% of people are fooling themselves, and maybe you, and I. They're delusional. They'd watch this and go, oh, that's other people. Yeah, but that's not me. It's easier to diagnose other people than it is ourselves. You'll know. If you're one of these, look back at the track record of your life. The signs are there. It's probably you. If you want the chance to enter into one of my free giveaways, here's all you have to do. Number one, subscribe to my podcast. And then secondly, leave an honest review of my podcast. What do you think of it? All right. I pick random reviewers to win either an iPhone 7, a GoPro Black, a MacBook Air, iPad, Kindle, and then I've been doing these uh, once-a-month free car giveaways, giving away a Mustang or Camaro to one random social media follower. Podcast followers are entered into that too, so you get your free chance to enter. Just leave an honest review and make sure you subscribe to my podcast. All right, I hope you win one of the giveaways make sure you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever it is you like to listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes as they come out.